0: Welcome back to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am Kevin, as usual. Uh, Got a good little cast for you this week. Uh, First off, we're going to be talking about the streaming service title again. I feel like it's going to be an ongoing topic here. Uh, Apparently, Jay-Z and friends decided to get rid of a good portion of their staff, uh, including their CEO which doesn't bode well for the uh, the nascent service. Also in title News, um, Jay-Z and Jack uh, White and people of that like, superstars, have been uh, sort of cold-calling uh, the Tidal customers, all 11 of them. Actually, they probably have 12. They probably have one more customer or user than we do. Um, and so that seems a little weird. We're going to talk about sort of the privacy implications of that. Also going to be talking about... Um, uh, article that Chris Richards just did in the Washington Post uh, concerning Poptimism, uh, which if you haven't read it, there's a link in the show notes uh, for you right now. So go back and read that, educate yourself to that, then you come back and you'll be able to hear our discussion and know what the hell we're talking about. Um, real quick before we get to all of that that's coming up, uh, I, I want to mention the, uh, we, we did, week before we did a podcast with Andrew and Michael with the North Country. They, they did their, uh, CD release show here in DC. They are from DC, uh, but they did a CD release show here at, uh, the Rock and Roll Hotel on Friday night, uh, with fellow creatures and Paperhouse, um, and, I'm just going to go on record here saying that is hands down the best show I've seen this year. If you, They just finished up a tour, so I'm not sure when they're going back out. Uh, if you have not seen them play, uh, do yourself a favor. Uh, go see the North Country when they come to your town. Or if they're in D.C., go see them. Uh, the album, There's Nothing to Fear, is out today. Uh, so like we said last podcast, go buy that. Uh, it is... Uh, it's a really great album, and, and they put on a really good show, uh, and they should be uh, really, really super freaking proud of themselves because uh, they're killing it, left and right. Uh, speaking of shows coming up this week, uh, got a few things you can do here. Um, looking at, I know uh, Matt is going to be out shooting Manic Street Preach- Preachers tonight at 930 Club. Uh, the Water Boys are playing at the Birchmere, if you remember those guys. Uh, if you want to get a little more hippie-ish, uh, coming up on Friday is the Everyone Orchestra, uh, which is sort of a jam band collective type thing, uh, and also Justin Jones, who's been on this podcast, is going to be playing at the Rock and Roll Hotel this Friday. That is probably where I'm going to end up again, uh, because his new band, Justin Jones and the B-Sides, which features the likes of uh, um, Bobby Thompson, Ryan Walker, Margaret McDonald, Sarah Curtin, uh, is is just. They're pretty fantastic. And then on Saturday is the Kingman Island Bluegrass Fest. So you can get out to that. All these dates are on the site in the calendar section, uh, which we try to keep updated. But if you have something that you want us to add to that, uh, hit us up. Just hit us up at info at junkyglasses.com and and we'll we'll add your show to the calendar and whatnot. Uh, So that's all the upfront news for you right now. So without further ado, here we go with episode number 113 uh, we're actually and I forgot to say this we're talking about Waxahachie's new album Ivy Trip and uh, Lower Den's from Baltimore uh, excellent new album uh, Escape from Evil so here you go episode 113 of Chunky glass the podcast boom
1: okay. it happens here and it finishes here two men
0: enter one man and no. were two word Chip sandwich. That,
2: that right there is a, a lot of, of fowl. Fowl.
1: Lost today uh, Jesus we are uh been at it since noon This is just I guess. how it's gonna be Although
0: Adam you're drinking coffee so Yeah okay. I am Carrie you're shaking your head I'm Ryan just Capsi. nauseated Paul doesn't care Don't care <laughs> Nope Nope <laughs> um,
3: How'd the Nats do today?
2: Uh, also don't care
3: <laughs> So lost <laughs> Let's put a big L no, in that column You forget
2: I'm a Dodgers Ooh, fan I, I don't really care what the Nats do
0: All right. huh. Interesting Um this week we're going to be talking about a couple uh, a couple things like we do every week. All the things. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about a couple albums. We're going to stuff. talk about a uh, this one is is special for you, Paul. Waxahachie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do like Waxahachie. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then an album we're we're sort of playing catch up uh, here uh, from Baltimore's Lower Dens. Uh, before that, though, I want to get to a little uh, news items and and whatnot. Uh, Let's talk about title some more, I guess. <laughs> um, we were talking about this upstairs. Uh, so uh, this week, two things happened with title, both equally hilarious, I think. Um, first off, uh, Jay-Z fired everybody, including the CEO. Just said, you know, we don't really need you guys, because we're rich, bitch.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: I decided if I fire all the employees that's even more money in my pocket.
0: Yeah. Um which it sort of gets to the base of what title is what you were saying Adam a lot is is that it is a bunch of rich guys just saying like hey give us more money we have this thing
1: that the kids seem to like the streaming so let's get into that. No, I mean <clears throat> theoretically it might you know it might help lesser uh you know kind of less successful artists make more money out of their music and I'm all for that. But the optics of having a bunch of hyper millionaires sitting in a room, like Mm. they're the fucking Legion of doom, um, talking about, (laughs) you know, like talking about how, how this is going to be better for artists. Doesn't it just, it sort of brings out the cynic in me, you know, and it was bad optics. It was just, it just really looked, fishy
2: but not just really? optics like I haven't seen anything that says that they actually are paying yeah, and the any filers any more money than they yeah that's
0: do. the thing well when they have I think somebody released the numbers and they're playing people exactly the same yeah. because Eleven what cents is it depending on plays. it's
1: dependent on the deal with your label ah yes right which has nothing to do with title right and, well, and if and I and bring my, like I'll still have a shitty deal but it'll be a shitty deal controlled by Jay-Z right
3: and I trust him
1: yeah exactly
3: but the other I mean, thing is that they you know they're they're up they're not up against, you know, some nefarious force that everybody in the world hates. It's oh we're up against Apple and REO and other streaming things. People are like, Yeah, I don't really like them either, but they're not like inherently evil and I still don't hate them so much I'm gonna move my entire catalog over to you right, and pay right. you the exact same amount per month that I pay them. Right. The yeah. only
2: thing that title benefits are the people who are partners in title, who are the people that were up on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and the, the other hilarious thing is that they put all this money into the launch, but every review I've seen of the actual interface just says it sucks. Yeah, yeah like they're just does. like it flat sucks. <laughs> you can't hear the difference between this lossless audio and the regular audio that you get anywhere else. So you basically are like, here, let's let's get a service that puts more money into multimillionaires pockets and doesn't give anybody else any more money that looks like crap.
3: I'm going to make you do a lot of work
2: to actually be able to use it. Right. That has a terrible search function and costs twice as much. Yeah. That sounds like a great (laughs) business model.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, we did like a, you did a sound model on just what the the download sound downloads. What
0: song did we use as a comparison? By the way, our friend, our friend Brian Chenault is in the basement uh, with us. I'll, so take, a, you, you'll I'll take a
1: wild this. guess. I didn't hear the <laughs> it episode. It was Boston. Boston yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boston shot in the door. It was Amanda. <laughs> it was Amanda.
3: Yeah. Um, and I thought that one sounded much better than the other. And the Patrick, other Patrick and I
0: thought the thought The other one did.
3: Right. Yeah. And it, so it just shows like how ridiculous it is to try to base anything on streaming audio quality. Oh, I thought you
2: were going to say how ridiculous it is to base anything on Boston. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too. <laughs> But that also You're revealing the uh, trade secrets of the show, Paul <laughs> like, like, You gotta stop that It's um, um, like the, the 11 now, secret spices Stop that, Paul now, So the other thing with title this week, though Is that uh, apparently Jay-Z and uh, Jack White Amongst other people Started calling people who were actual subscribers Who are paying for this And giving them personal calls To say thank you for listening to our music uh, The interesting point this raises at least to me, and and I know Paul, you big on privacy. So I'm interested to hear I what think you most think. Most Americans this. are quote big on <laughs> yeah. privacy. So well, so apper- apparently there's a tool like if you are an artist that signs up with Title that gives you access to the entire database of your listenership <laughs> down. To- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you didn't know that when you hit like, you were
3: also saying I would like for you to call me yeah, personally yeah, yeah. on yeah. my cell
2: phone. So so how does that play for you, Paul? Uh, I think that's terrible, (laughs) and I think that that better not just be buried in the terms of service, and they're going to get their asses sued. Yeah, it probably is buried in the terms of service. Like right there, you you have to provide opt-out notice for that sort of thing, or you're going to be in a world of pain. Yeah. And that – because it's not a legitimate business reason for an individual artist to be calling up a user – no, but it puts the power music. in the musician's hands, man. Yeah, it puts too much power in anyone's
0: hands to have yeah. that happening. So right when there.
3: you unfriend somebody on Tidal, does that also mean that the artist can call you and say, why don't you like me, man?
0: No. Yeah. It, that's actually what it means.
3: Yes, I and know And that's, that. why, that's
0: why it's a it's making a joke. <laughs> so so Adam, say you're sitting at home. Uh-huh. You're watching the Cavs game. Mm-hmm. Phone rings. Chris Martin. Coldplay.
1: <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, I... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even know what the hell to say to the guy. I'm watching the game. <laughs> I wouldn't answer the phone in the first place. I wouldn't answer right. the phone because I never. You didn't. You know how it used to be. Like you used to. When you were a kid, you'd get excited when the phone rang. Mm-hmm. You know. And now, if the phone rings, I'm like, "Fuck! What? Leave me alone! I don't. Don't talk right. to me." You I, know?
3: Some, I want to know what artists have time to just sit around and call people on the phone.
1: But that's the depressing. Now, no hold on. Wait a minute. Rich. Does this mean that? Does this mean the Jay Z has everybody has these rock stars lined up wearing headsets like they're like a call center in Pakistan? I mean, it could you know like with like a Pakistan. list of dudes they got to call. It, it every looks day like and, it looks like the WETA know,
3: fundraiser. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like in the back. because yeah. Chris Martin's answering. What they've
1: really got is just like a,
2: they had a big search, like Journey did for the new lead singer to find guys <laughs> who sound exactly <laughs> like them. Right.
1: And it's a call center of like fifty Jay Z alike. What happens, God? So it feels like they're all all these, how, how, I think the question that needs to be asked is like, how much of their individual asses are they going to lose in this? I mean, like, they're going to lose some money. They're going to lose some serious money. So So ironically, if they're in charge of their own music, it probably means they're going to start charging more for their stuff to make up the loss, which isn't really fan friendly, which is going to encourage more piracy. So, well, it's just maybe gonna, this
2: they're just going to really start locking in the uh, the exclusives like the bank, the, the Although, bank, like, like Jay-Z did with the with the uh, video release this last week, which right, came right. out an hour later on YouTube. Right.
0: Exactly. There's <laughs> no
2: exclusives. Well, that's I, I feel like that's going to be the if, the if they are going down and they're not getting subscribership this way. Right. That's how they're going to start trying to leverage it. Jay-Z releases a mixtape and it's not going to hit everywhere else for a month. Jack White is doing studio sessions and it's not going to hit everywhere else for a month. But this thing like is that, that. There,
3: there's not anything in the history of the entire world right now that does not, if once it comes out it's everywhere else within 3 hours. Yeah,
0: it doesn't li- you, li- you can't say it's not coming over. Lily a month. Allen has called it out for uh for ba- basically encouraging piracy, which I I yeah. agree with Lily and Allen. And she said
3: that even before More
0: all more of this horrifically, stuff though. I agree with Mumford and Sons. They
1: came out with it <laughs> saying
0: that yeah, this is bullshit. They tried a bunch of rich guys out to like sell this service and uh, you know, we are not like trying to make our music a leader. Or anything, we just want it to be heard. Monthly, so the end times are the here. The irony
3: of everything that you have just said, yeah. notwithstanding, yeah. I believe Ben
0: Gibbard also said that. Ben, your, yeah, also with ben Dude, <laughs> I was I was leaving that out, but <laughs> he's really sad because, you know, not you know to, that. Uh, in fact, when when that happened, I said this is the only fucking way Ben Gibbard gets mentioned on this podcast cool. ever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it happened. Right. You're, you're listening to it now. Ben Gibbard of Def Cab for Cutie got mentioned
1: in the podcast because, along with Marty Mumford, or what's because his because you name? Mar- he agree has, he with? It a it rational it. Statement. Isn't Marty? I'm going to call him Marty Mumford. Marty whether that's Mumford. his name or not? Um, but uh, but Gerald yeah. Mumford. So it's uh, I, I think this
0: replaces uh, Prince's a Dick for 2015. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, <laughs> <nice>. No, <laughs> the, title the sucks. The the new title one.
1: sucks. <laughs> How much do you think so you these get, guys go bought into than. it, though? Like, how much, how much money do you think like Daft Punk put into that? Madonna has a few. I don't think
0: he put, put much, but, like, but I, I know Jay Z put up most.
1: Yeah, because like I also, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm looking but at Jay-Z those also guys. Also has had out most there. of the
3: money. So. <clears throat> I'm,
1: look, I'm looking at those guys out there, and I'm kind of doing a little bit like they had at the the Legion of Doom yeah, press yeah, yeah. conference, and I'm like trying to do like a little bit of mental calculation about. Who has an ass to really lose? Like Jay Z has. Jay Z can lose multiple asses and be yeah. okay.
2: You know, I'm sure they've all got skin in the game, but I'm also I'm equally certain that most of this funding came from venture capital.
3: I would say, the like same this thing. is
2: like every artist I'm sure had to put a buy in in there to make sure that they had a piece of it, but a lot of it is probably, like, the amount that Jay-Z
1: used to own of the Nets. This is like the... the, Yeah, yeah, this is like the fucking monorail episode of The Simpsons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Monorail! Yeah, monorail! Monorail! Monorail. Is there a chance? But
3: that is... I mean, it is probably... uh, Nobody who's a smart business person puts their own money into anything. And it's like Patrick was saying... like. Nobody doesn't bet, you know, with with Jay Z, and then right. he actually collapsed in a monumental fashion, which is shocking how quickly it fell apart. Yeah, but there's no way I mean, it's that's still,
0: it's still going. But then I mean, when you fire it, your CEO and basically your entire staff, like it, it, a month after, a month, closed, but a they're month also, after, you're also
3: not getting any of the groundswell that they thought they would be no. getting. They they kind of thought that everybody would just be like flocking to them in droves. I'm looking for something new. People aren't looking for something new. Mm-mm. People want to bitch about what they have, but they don't want to move to something else.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, I think what we're all left with is waiting for Apple to unveil their uh Boo. their streaming service which as we all know will be the first of its kind because nobody's ever done streaming Right. <laughs> except for Apple
3: <laughs> thanks apple
0: um but, but yeah. it'll it'll be so like modern looking and smooth you're right whatever it is it'll be beautiful and, yeah i feel better already about that yeah. um so yeah that, that's that's going on the other thing i want to talk about this week uh chris richards had a uh, article in the post uh, and as he for those does, those of you that don't it, know,
3: that's the Washington Post. It used to is, be a newspaper. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, talking about the concept of poptimism, which to explain it briefly uh, is that um, music critics today have gotten to where it's better to for access for uh, I guess hits for everything to get a consensus on stuff, and it feels bad like if you're doing that if if you don't just say well. You should enjoy pop as a guilty pleasure, or not, or or this artist did something good once, um, and therefore they're sort of free and clear. I think this podcast might be like the opposite of that. Uh, I mean, how do you guys? How, you guys all looked at the article. Like, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts mm-hmm. on it?
3: Mm. I thought it was pretty dead on. Um, yeah, and it's something that I've noticed um, just in. Working with the site for four years or five years, yeah. or however long I've been around, I always try to come up with my own opinion on things, and then I will kind of do like a crazy check, and I'll go through and scan what other people are saying about an album or about a show, just to make sure that I, you know, if I'm an outlier, I want to make sure I'm backing it up with even more facts. But what I have found is that it's very hard to find a negative review on anything anymore. Yeah, everything is. Oh, this person is, you know, the the second coming of whatever genre they've put them in that time oh they're growing so much as an artist this is brilliant um this is exactly what we need to be listening to you hipsters get out and buy this Mm -hmm. and it's really frustrating that there's not there's not a lot of diversity of voice anymore i've noticed and i know that adam and i were talking about this upstairs um that there there have been a few negative things that have come out of late but it's it's really rare. It's it's very very rare to find something that Outright just says this blows and shouldn't have
0: been made. Especially this year, because I mean, I, I'll, I'll honestly like say this is the slowest year like we've had as far as like good releases.
3: I agree. I don't, I, there's is, not been anything it's outstanding that's come out. I think there's been, good stuff, think there's there's been, been some good stuff. Solid there has been stuff. there has been
0: great stuff. So okay. let me let me backtrack. Kendrick is great. That's what I'm saying. Which, which, in this article, which in this article though, he he like takes a pot shot at Kendrick, trying to be like cool, like sort of proving his point. Like he's like, well, it wasn't that great. Like yes, it was that great. Like that is. But I guess that's kind of
2: like I didn't think that the article said anything that hasn't been said before. The and article, no, 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 no. this article, is
3: not groundbreaking.
2: It wasn't. Just <laughs> like, what gonna... we say
3: about every album. Wait, is this, this article is not groundbreaking?
2: Pop-timism in itself. Yeah, look at this. I'm, I'm going meta on this article right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to sign on to this article's thesis just well, because they uh, <laughs> put it out there. There were a couple things I didn't I didn't really get though. It, it seemed like he was saying that it wasn't like that somehow it wasn't safe or it wasn't okay to put out reviews that weren't like there would be consequences or something. Well, it's it's
0: not because like the, the whole industry, at least from my perspective, the little corner that like we occupy here, uh, you know, people like legitimately hold grudges, right? Like surefire hated us for years because we simply went to a band's manager because they would not respond hmm. for to us to do
1: free press for them right um and, and that was I, even know a... that I, I don't know i, I, well, and, I don't know we, that i'm it's weird it's we've weird.
3: also given back i mean like individual per- people have written a, a bad review or you know a negative review an honest review about a particular album on an artist and we'd always gotten into that artist before and mm. then very shortly thereafter our request to, to review yeah, the show was denied shut off. Yeah. So it it does make it very difficult to be honest. If you are
0: on, going to be negative negative. and, and on the level that, that I think Chris is operating on, like, yeah, you're right. There, there probably isn't that much of an impact, but the reality is, is that a lot of the music journalism is going on on a smaller scale on the blogs mm-hmm. and on the and stuff and, and stuff like this. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he knew he was
1: writing about that, but, right. I
0: mean, that's that's a real thing. Like, well, it's
1: just weird, because I remember, you know, he he didn't... Everyone was just uh, falling all over themselves about Arcade Fire. He, well, he, he tap dances and does a shitty review. In
0: the comments section, Travis Morrison from the dismemberment plan called him out on that. He's right. so, like, yeah, by the way, you know...
3: And point...
0: And, you know, but guess who's never covering the Arcade Fire again? Washington Post.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, then again, is it that that's that's kind of you know you can't if you're covering the White House, you can't be afraid of upsetting you know I agree the president i mean I, the, I, the, I, you just I, you have to do what you have to I do think, I
0: think the point of the article was beyond like what he was well, he hold was, on,
1: but a lot of people who cover the White House
2: are afraid of upsetting the president yeah. like that I kind of my point is that this is not uh unique to the music industry like, right this happens it's, no it's yeah go ahead. this happens anytime you're talking about journalists getting access to anybody. It is it's especially true with criticism because criticism has been um like critics are losing their jobs. Well, uh, yeah. for, quite frankly, like well-established critics uh J- Hoberman lost his job 2 years ago from the Village Voice fucking and he'd been there for 25 Jim years. Jim Goddess you know?
0: has been bounced around like a fucking like tennis ball. Right, road. and these
2: are these are people who've spent their whole career doing doing great work and there's just not the money for the critics out there anymore. So the ones who are able to stick around Music, movies, whatever, are the ones who are able to continue to get access, and you have to have a very secure position, or else you have to not give a damn Ooh, to be uh-huh. able to give those uh, to give those negative reviews. Um, there's a certain freedom in not being, in not relying on it for your next rent check, and people who who do, I think, uh, have to look at the bottom line. Like, wow, I might not like this that much, but I could write right. a half-assed, not quite. Good, not quite bad review of it, and keep my access and be able to review their next album, or I could s- just completely slaughter it, get the get the immediate like click up hit, and then lose everything that that label even touches. Right, because the yeah. thing is,
3: you're not just losing that one artist or access to that album or anything that artist does; you're losing access to that entire catalog.
2: But I, mean, I think this happens with movies too. You've got like critics who are like the serious film critics and are able to be a little bit more uh, ballsy about it. But there are a lot of industry shills that are the ones that get quoted on the posters most of the time. Yeah. And they just, they ride the junkets, they get paid like, and they have their behind in the Hulls. Hollywood reporter. I mean, yeah. look,
0: Ain't a Cool News is yeah. based on like sucking the cock of Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a, you know
2: what? It's not, Mall-com there's not a lot of artistic too. integrity to it, but there's a, it's a legitimate business model.
0: It I, pays the bills. I agree. So. I agree. It, and look, and it's, until it's, we launch chunky asses <laughs>
3: but, but, <laughs> it, to supplement our to me, negative reviews to me, it's like, going to make money
2: somewhere to me. But to me, sifting through criticism, though, is just like sifting through music or sifting through movies. Like there's a lot of crap out there. You find a few people that you trust and you keep going with
1: them and well, everybody else. They, just sometimes, well, sometimes even they get it wrong. Well, but, sometimes even the people you well, trust get it wrong. But, it's but, not but a matter of getting it no, wrong. They disagree no, with what opinions. you take yeah. out of a particular album. No, but sometimes they aren't just opinions critics can like kill i mean honestly sometimes critics it's like a little like the death penalty sometimes they get it wrong and sometimes like innocent people die and sometimes the critics that have their like, opinion that seems
2: like a very extreme analogy a, right there. sometimes
1: critics sometimes critics have their own opinion and they destroy like otherwise promising careers you know. Yeah, yeah. Are, 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 you, are you
0: referring actually to Travis? Uh, I'm tra- Travis Morrison. Look what Fork did to
1: Travis Morrison. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what? I mean, and then like, here's the thing: we can all shrug our shoulders and say, "Well, it's not their job to worry about what happens to Travis Morrison and shit like that." But like, that was like, that was the most fucked up. Like, we're just doing this to prove a point. Rather than actual music, musical criticism that I've ever fucking seen. Though, though at the same time, Pitchfork <laughs> is the main reason that D-Plan was ever known outside exactly, of and, and, that, emer- and that's what they, I was saying. Okay, say, but that yeah. doesn't give them the right to like just completely. He, that album did not deserve zero stars, and not only okay. that, it didn't deserve the like. We just gave this zero stars. Everybody, yeah. look at this. But hold on for you a second. Know? Like, they, but they, you can't at this.
2: You can't at one end say critics shouldn't always be sucking everybody's dick. And at the other end, like be like, Oh no. But then sometimes they're going, they're going too far the other direction. Like you either trust that critics are going to do something or are going to act with integrity or you're, or you don't. And you stop following the ones that you don't think are acting with integrity. But integrity doesn't mean you agree with them all the time. Integrity just means that you think that they're, that the rationale behind what they write is solid. And I, I, some of my favorite critics I disagree with probably half the time, Mm -hmm. but I respect what they're saying, and it makes me look at a piece that I might have just either accepted or written off um, in a different way if I do disagree with them. They're few and far between right now.
1: So that begs the question, I mean, does like – does Katy Perry need serious, serious like analysis and criticism? You know, there's one direction you need it
0: because the the fan base isn't looking for that the exactly. Base, right. right? Well, that, for then a sugar
1: coated like experience, and they don't care about whatever. And do I need it now? Like I said, do I need to open, Do I need to read a review of a fucking Big Mac in the New York Times?
3: <laughs> but that's, the, the, as the I thing said, was, that, you
1: that, know, double zinger, talk- <laughs> that review would be delicious. Yeah, but you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> but the but the the article is talking about you know. Like the why are we even reviewing music for the masses? Because everybody's gonna listen to Taylor Swift and everybody's gonna listen to Mm. Katy Perry, and you don't really give two shits whether or not a critic is saying that it's great. Because you, if you listen to that, you already think it's great,
0: yeah, yeah. And actually, having had Chris down here on this podcast, uh, actually talking about why he does the way he does, it, it was weird to see him write this because, uh, you know his view is like uh, a critic, uh, or somebody in his position should be just a lighthouse, shining a light on other stuff. So to see him actually criticize the whole process is interesting. I, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but be interesting to see what he's been thinking about hmm. um, that would have brought about this. Uh, but but yeah, we'll put the, the, that link to that article in the uh, show notes, and then. Uh, you know, go over read it on the Washington Post. Leave comments there, or ask us about it, and, and
1: we'll...
3: There's also a companion article in Guardian, I think. Is there? Well, I mean, it started. It started over there.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, all right. I would just also like to With point really out
3: really interestingly spelled comments
1: that one one thing regarding criticism and why I'm just I'm just always a little uh, more than a little skeptical of any criticism. It's yeah. just If you want to look at all the reviews that came out, um when Paul's like Paul's boutique came out universally, just like, Oh God, it's terrible. Oh, good Lord. Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. You know? And then are you affecting a uh, uh, Indeed I am. (laughs) 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 And then like, and then like 10 years later, James 10 years later, 10 years later, glowing retrospectives often written by the same people who shit on Paul's boutique. When it came out, these same people who were like just barking seals, Nodding like bobblehead dolls I, at a minor league I think baseball that actually, game. You are
3: really angry right now. Yes, I can feel that it's like a couch of rage
0: right, right now. <laughs> I think that actually plays well into the two albums we're going to talk about today. So let, <laughs> let's get to them. Oh, uh, that was a smooth segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <ringing> <laughs> the, first, either, the first one we're going to talk to is, is, is one uh, one of Paul's favorite artists. Uh, we're going to be talking about Waxahachie. So uh, here we go. It fagged
2: up again. Spotless exits we walk to, back to a tedious sentence. When I am gone, at least.
0: That is the first single off of Waxahachie's uh, third album, uh, otherwise known as Katie Crutchfield. Uh, the album is Ivy Trip. It's out now on Merge. Uh, Waxahachie is um, originally from Birmingham, Alabama, in a band called P.S. Elliott. I don't know if you knew that, Paul. I did know it. I just have never heard that band. <laughs> That's a great yeah, name. it is a great That's name. a great she put out an album on uh, Don Giovanni Records, American Weekend, in 2012. Also in Don Giovanni was uh, Cerulean Salt in 2013, which I think was one of your favorites. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. It's on mine, too. Yeah. It's um, on my best-of list. Um, and I guess her sound can best be described as a whole. I mean, and this is this is just me talking here, but I'm going to call it Diary Rock. I might have coined
1: a new thing. You're diary li- Rock. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, that yeah. that can get a little dangerous because then, be. then you're talking Fiona Apple like 900 line songs. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's that's where. Yeah, but, but it's I'm, it's, I'm it's very that.
0: it's very we're talking very uh very feelings not just on your sleeve just like out on the floor. Yeah, um, it's very confession uh, bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh I, one actually this is another one of the more anticipated albums this year I think because of the jump to merge. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, so far, it seems to have, I think, been received well. Paul.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely got more buzz than Cerulean Salt did. But part of that is because Cerulean Salt ended up with the end of the year buzz, and yeah. so this is uh, this is one of those like, okay, we liked what you did for the little label. Let's see what you do for the semi big label right here, and uh, you know, overall. I like a lot of what she's doing on the album. Uh, Her lyrics certainly haven't suffered with the move, um, but I feel like she's trying to she as as tends to happen when you start getting a little bit more money and a little bit more time in the studio. I mean, look, American Weekend was completely stripped down Mm -hmm. like that was just her and a guitar in a basement. And the next one is like, yeah, let's add some drums and bass, but still basically, but still the same formula with a little bit more layers. This is uh, this is a lot more fleshed out right here. And I think that some of the songs could do with a little bit more uh, stripping down. Like, one of the real appeals of her music, I think, is how intimate and how bare it is. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you add a lot of ornamentation to music like that, it... Kind of takes the intimacy away.
0: Well, it, yeah, I, I think that uh, uh, sort of nails it. Uh, that the, the stripped downness of it, like there, there was a lot of talk about this album about how she's like expanding her sound, which is always like gross PR you, speak for it can like, be scary. You, yeah. Um, and in fact, there was a Pitchfork article that said she's like, don't you know, put me in a box. You don't know what I can do, which is just like, eh, I mean, you're forty 25, <laughs> like just don't say things like that and don't print things like that. Um, But where this album works, I think the best is, is when it's stripped down. Yeah. Um, It is, is very, uh, it it touches on a lot of nineties notes. Uh, A lot of, I mean, for me, at least it veers into the uh, Joe lies when he cries territory. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm, 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 I can't, I will make no bones about the fact that like I, I cannot relate to any of this, um and you know we we joke uh about we joked uh, it's actually the end of every podcast now about this being like your thirteen year old inner teenage girl paul yeah um but you know even and yet you ima- keep even coming back even in my right now emotionally raw state i can't like get into it and
1: that's where i was going with the her diary name is, her name is paulette and she has feelings man yeah
2: <laughs> and yet i don't ever try to reduce your love of other particular uh, albums that might not fit your demographic <laughs> <probably>. i know. <laughs> <laughs> no, boston fits his demographic to a t yes yes, like. yes
0: it does um <laughs> yeah it's it's but it, it is it, for what it is uh i think when when she does strip down uh, not on that song. Although that song, honestly, Adam, we have talked about the
1: Sundays a lot mm-hmm. on this podcast. That song reminds me of the Sundays. Um, you know, her her voice isn't as uh, she doesn't have the, yeah, doesn't the have same like, vocal voice. instrument yeah, that yeah. Harriet Wheeler does. But a oh, Wheeler. Yeah. Um, that doesn't matter. She's she's a uh, she's. It's not necessarily uh, how she's singing is what she's singing. And honestly, I, I was I would I didn't sit down and like go over the lyrics with a bouncing ball, but mm-hmm. I kind of got. I kind of got like bits and pieces and, and a vibe out of it, so yeah, it's confessional. But ultimately, this this it kind of struck me as like a it's southern album. It really feels southern to me, you know. Really? Yeah, it does. I mean, if, no, it feels like a super chunk record. A couple songs like those uh, appropriate that she's on merch. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, oh, it makes total sense when you hear a song like say uh, Poison, mm-hmm. or you or know, dirt. Right, or Dirt. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I liked her a lot. I was a big fan of this one. Um, And, you know, the confessional, I've always had a little bit of soft spot for that, provided that it's good, Wow! you know, (laughs) provided that it's like it's not kind of bratty and whiny, you know. Um, And I thought she struck a pretty good balance. And and I was and like, you know, me being the guy living in a cave that I am. (laughs) This is like the first I'd, I'd heard of her. So. Yeah, you know. I'm
3: kind of right in the middle between the two of you guys, because I I, I thought Surly and Salt was one of my favorite albums of 2013. And Paul and I, um, like, I think this is a lot uh, reminiscent of La Sarah, which is another person named Katie who goes by a different um, name Kickball on stage. Katie. But Kickball Katie. Um, where I think that this album is good is where she does have the stripped down stuff, um, where you've got... Um, like Blue or um, Breathless, where you can actually hear her voice and she's not right. straining for these upper registry baby doll type things. But both of those songs, unfortunately, are really flat. I kept waiting for there to be more to them, and there's just these repetitive kind of almost dirgy sounds yeah. about things. When she's really just singing and in her other stuff, uh, like the, the first uh, was it American Weekend and then the, the second album, um, I think she sounds a lot like Snaid O'Connor, um, where she just has this really beautiful, very clear voice. But mm-hmm. then on this album, I feel like she really does kind of almost fall into this populism thing that you were just talking about. Mm. Uh, Where she's really straining, and you've got, you know, the expanding the sound. If that just means I'm bringing in a Casio, then you know. And this is where this is where the
0: optimist comes into it. It's like so she she established herself on Cerulean Salt,
3: right? And now,
0: of course, her new album can't be anything but genius, right? Um, Right.
3: But she's got there's a lot of vocal issues that that get tied into this that I don't think she suffered with the uh, with the previous stuff. So yeah,
2: well, I I think the other aspect of this is that um you know while i still think the lyrics are good I think she's in a happier place personally than she was the last two right. albums. So you enjoy other people's pain when you're singing about you know when you make your bones singing about pain. It uh, that's makes, kind of your uh, gig then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's tough because if you're like I actually I'm in a good relationship and professionally things are looking up and uh, I went how do out I to keep- Denny's for Sunshine, breakfast and I did not have to worry about who was going to pay for the bill. <laughs> everywhere and it's pet unicorn. It's hard when you run into that because. And, and and I think we've talked about this on the podcast several times because it's like you want the artists you like to be happy but sometimes when they get happy they run out of things to talk about so well, Cough.
3: I also think that like like stale stale by
2: noon was the first. I, you
3: liked
0: his like I'm with my son. Ever, I that, love that, ever love that album? album. <laughs> I love that album, but Thanks. every Wilco album after Summer is that ever happened like, to you
1: guys? Like an, a guy you like really goes to rehab, and you're kind of like good, but you're also like ah, damn shit. it, right? <laughs> oh no. Yeah.
0: Um, I liked
3: you better on drugs, man. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's listen to another song. You, you want to do poison? Or yeah. Do, do, uh, do
3: poison. Do, let's do
0: poison. Yeah. Um, you
3: know why it's good? Because it sounds like it's really insult.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's do poison.
1: That that could be that that could be a superchunk song. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 totally. It could. Yeah, it, it totally could be a super
0: in, a, in the best possible and, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I wonder if like so you're talking about like bedroom recordings and and whatnot. And, like that's the aesthetic here mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And and I wonder if she like got to merge
1: and they were like, hey, maybe. Like Sort of like the Nashville thing. Like, yeah. I don't think Merge really does that. I don't think Merge don't does a know. lot of grooming. But, well, no, she, Merge, she, I mean, Merge she doesn't does, do a lot there's,
3: of... There's, like, Summer of Love on here basically sounds like she came out of the basement and recorded it on an 8-track in her kitchen, and there's like barking dogs in the background, which, um, you know, it, it kind of sounds like where she came from initially, but then the album kind of bleeds over to yeah. the remainder of the highly produced songs, I'll say.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting like uh, again, you know, we often dip into how the press is portraying this stuff, uh, and that quote that I was talking about up front—that's a gross quote. I don't think um, I haven't read the full Pitchfork. Pitchfork article about that, but I—I I would guess it was a little out of context. <laughs> that's what's. Uh, well, that's uh, like, I, you don't know what I can do. Well, you're supposed to be showing me what you
3: can do. Yeah, it's the point of putting an album out. Yeah,
0: so you know, taking this self-seriously self as it
1: stands, though. Uh, Adam, what do you think about it? I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I—I um, yeah, I, believe it, I, I found myself thinking about like th- there was some like Tom Petty sounding hooks in there. You know? Was it was it like the Grinch? Your heart grew too soft. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just liked it a lot. I, I uh, you know, again, she didn't have the the strongest voice um, I'd ever heard, but that's not that's not her function. You know, she's not there to belt it out. You know, yeah. um, and she writes great songs, and um, uh, you know, good enough. And on 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 that, there was one thing that really impressed me. It's Good on, enough
3: for two coffees.
1: Exactly. On on. Uh, huh? Less Than, which is another song I liked a lot, yeah. There's this kind of dissonant uh, guitar, little twang riff that sounded like, oh, well, that's a little off. Is this like, supposed to be that indie, charming shit that I never get? But actually, what it was, it was actually really good. You have to give it a listen, and then it, you see that it sort of fits in perfectly. Yeah. Um, so she has some pretty interesting ideas musically, and I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with her. She tricked you, old man. Um, yeah, she did. Carrie?
3: Uh, I'm going to stream it. All right. Um, And uh, I still like her very much. I will still, I feel like she has definitely paid her dues, unlike some other people that we've talked about on this podcast of late. Um, She's been touring like crazy. She's been absolutely everywhere. I've seen her live a couple of times. She's fantastic. Um, If I'm trying to get somebody to get into Waxahachie, I'm going to pull out Cerulean Salt, but I am going to stream this nonetheless.
0: All right, Paul. Stream it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna be the one guy who passes. But but I will say this about the about passing. This oh, just is creaky. not like this type of stuff doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like there it's it's not yeah, I mean she put together some good songs, she put together uh, and I think even the stuff that is more uh in quotes ambitious than say Cerulean Salt, like it's interesting that she's trying to do that and still hanging on to her uh, diary rock thing <laughs> Confession- no,
3: it's mean, confessional. I, stop rock. trying to Confession- make diary
0: rock happen. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's not gonna happen, Gretchen. <laughs> <fall.
0: laughs> um, but yeah, so so this is not going in my rotation. Uh, but these other people say maybe it should may be. Shitty, so uh, so there you go, that's Baxah Hachi. Uh let's get into a little more uh closer to home here from baltimore low dens That is, uh, the first single off of Baltimore, Maryland's Lower Dens, uh, is, uh, Escape from L.A., I think, is the name of the track. Let me bring it up and make sure to die in L.A. Which is funny, because that was the first, to live and die in L.A., it was the first track we played of 2013. It's fantastic. Um, Lower Dens has been, uh, sort of killing it, I think, uh... Since about 2010, uh, around when we started the site, actually, uh, they came out with an album called Twin Hand Movement. And if you saw them, uh, and this is uh, no offense to anybody, this is simply the reaction a lot of people have. They're like, who's that little guy in middle school fronting this awesome band? <laughs> uh, and that little guy was actually uh, Jenna Hunter, originally from Texas, who is the singer of this. Um, and... You know, she's recently been on NPR talking about depression and and issues of gender identity and stuff. So I mean, it's part of who she is and mm-hmm. stuff. so, no surprise. Uh, they had uh, that album Twin Hand Movement. If you haven't heard, I get nervous mm-hmm. off that. Uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, that that is it's a fantastic track. In 2012, uh, No Tropics. I feel like I'm pronouncing that wrong every time, but it, new, new tropics. tropics. It's two O's, right? Yeah. So. It, wow, they were just doing the eighties. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But at, but at any rate, it was <laughs> like, it was
1: like, more like new shoes. It was it,
0: it was a sci-fi uh, ish uh, sort of noirish. One of my favorite albums of that year. I think one of your favorite albums too. I mean, it was nope, no, no. You didn't like it. No. I, no, I mean, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, and it, but it it revealed uh, that. Uh, Jana Hunter, besides being a solid uh, songwriter and band leader, uh, had this huge uh, voice, which brings us to uh, this year's Escape from Evil. Um, This is unabashedly, I think, an 80s album. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard it, I said, well, this is probably outtakes from the Miami Vice soundtrack. (laughs) I don't mean that pejoratively, <laughs> um, and they uh they they they're, they're doing it's it's almost intentionally maybe to their detriment and, and I ask see what you think about this adam like to their detriment like i remember albums like this when uh which i just, you know you're a mic like when we were growing up in lynchburg you know soundtrack albums to like bad movies mm-hmm. In the 80s.
1: But they were good back then. They were good movies. <laughs>
0: I don't know. <laughs> They're if they really were. bad <laughs> in retrospect. <laughs> oh, it's that that critical
2: retrospective <laughs> right
0: there. Um, this uh, Just a little bit I heard. I, this is totally uneducated opinion. That didn't sound 80s to me. That, that wow. I thought it
1: sounded pretty Vision Quest soundtrack. Vision Quest? 80s. Yeah. I
0: was thinking Nine of the Comet.
1: Yeah, okay. So, I mean,
0: so the... This isn't M eighty three we're talking about
1: here. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no.
0: Like, w-
2: no, no. what, w- what part of the eighties are we talking about? I'm
0: talking about like eighty six, like the, the HBO movies. It's bad sci fi. You know what I'm talking about. But,
1: but anyway, Adam. So, so what? What are you thinking? Um, I here's the crucial difference I think in between, like, from a Vision Quest soundtrack. Or, or, no, I think it would be more like a movie where, a, you know, a nerd uh, builds a computer that helps him how to meet chicks or something like that. Like Weird that. science? Yes. Yeah, so, no, so yeah, something wait, like wait. that.
2: They actually built a woman in that, not, not a computer. Man.
1: She was an AI. No, well, she was a woman. Um, yeah. it, it was. We're not trying I've, to piss off Kelly LeBrock. No, I know. It, I don't care if I piss <laughs> off Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> <laughs> She's the bank. The Steven most ineffectual thing ever care. said yeah. on anything. I don't care. Kiss about my that. ass, Kelly LeBron. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a. It, it seemed it, it wasn't like I don't think they really nailed the the '80s thing. If that were they were going for, if that was what they were going for, mainly because it seemed it was mixed a little strangely. It was mixed different. I, I, the drums, I think it's suffering from what I call like Brooklyn syndrome in that everyone is just, it's the worst time ever to be a drummer because everyone is just making the drums like, and I think it's because everyone's rehearsing in apartments and you can't make anybody know any noise. So uh, like if you, if you listen to your average like 80s soundtrack, like your John Hughes soundtrack or whatever, Mm -hmm. the drums are kind of gated and big and attacky and banging, you know, and uh, that kind of bothered me the whole time was that, this whole thing seems like it's just on one level dynamically, and there are no peaks and valleys. It never gets l- too loud. It never mm-hmm. gets louder than a certain point. It never gets softer than a certain point. And that kind of prevented me from really hooking on to anything. Well, it's interesting you say that because,
0: uh, like I said, I loved their last album. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And I still haven't been able to grab onto this. mm mm-hmm. Even though it is literally like, if any of you know me like what you do, it's me bait. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is like yeah. this is the this album was made for me, right? And I there's something about it. I, I I don't take as much issue with the drum sound
1: because I remember the drum sounding like shit in the '80s. No, but I remember them being more pronounced, and they're way more pronounced. And the drums like I don't know. Listen to your listen to like a. Um, psychedelic fur song or something like that you know that's an outlier though Uh, uh, i mean pretty in pink is like has that huge fucking like drum kick and or listen or like okay well then listen to the drums in like an an omd song okay big loud drums uh, for in that synth rock and if they're trying to go for that synth rock thing there aren't any big loud drums here and it's who knows maybe that's not what they're trying to go for and and it would be a little weird if that was what they did entirely. Right. But I guess having not having that there is keeping me from, from appreciating it as much, I guess. And yeah, again, yeah. And this is just a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, Paul, you know? what do you think?
2: Um, well, I, I have to echo a little bit of uh, of what's been said. that There wasn't a whole lot of variance on this album, mm-hmm. I don't think. I, the songs just like kind of bled one into another. And there's nothing... There's nothing offensive about it. I'm not saying like this is this is bad stuff, but there's nothing that made me latch on and go like, boy, I better go keep listening to this album or try to plumb its depths right here. Mm-hmm. It just I, it comes off too much like you know wallpaper. It's the kind of thing that you're gonna that you'll it's 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 a it's a background type of album, not an active listening type of album. Mm-hmm. At least from my early impressions of it. Maybe I'm missing some you know hidden depth to it, but it's. uh there's nothing in there that makes me want to go explore it in favor of something else, you know, as opposed to something else right
0: now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's very, to me, it sounds like having followed the band through the course of their albums and being a fan, like it, it definitely sounds very focused. It sounds very intentional So but like you said, it is very, it sticks in this one note. There's, there's little notes of cure in there, uh, there's uh,
1: that little, kind of chorusy guitar, yeah. yeah.
0: Little notes and corsey bass, yeah. actually, uh, and little notes of uh, danger zone. You know,
1: <laughs> some some ass rock. Would you say you're in the zone of danger? And a zona But Dude, there was there were loud drums in danger zone. Yeah, there
0: were. Um, uh, but they, uh, but it it, it gets drowned out. Like if you, they, they sent out a lyric sheet with uh, with this. And so you read all the lyrics, and it is like 80s lyrics, very much love songs. This is very clearly an album about uh, a, a, a personal relationship that Jana Hunter had. Or, or, I mean, she could be just making up a narrative of it, but, I mean, it's, it's all about that. And it's all very simplistic in the way that, like, 80s songs were like you latch in on that very singular emotional beat to like mm-hmm. get your get your song on the radio to get it make a pop hit and everybody relates to it. And I think sonically uh some of this does one of the songs I want to play in a second does uh but
1: yeah, it just it at the end of the day it doesn't like latch in Mm-mm. which is weird. I mean, honestly, dude, I I listen to this for, like, I don't know, the eighth time. And today, just before I got here, and I was having, I was getting acupuncture done. <laughs> I was like lying, literally lying on my back in a dark room with, uh, you know, with one of those like little kind of weighted blindfolds on for an hour. And I was just listening to this and I, again like paul said i couldn't find it offensive it wasn't offensive or bad yeah, or anything i just dude. couldn't i like kept throwing grappling hooks at it because i wanted to like it i was like oh that no yeah no, nope, yeah. nope. Yeah, I, give me a, give me a reason you yeah know, exactly you to this. yeah well
0: what, one song i do mm. like uh that and i uh, like strictly because of the sonic uh awesomeness of it uh, yeah. is electric current so let's hear that now okay So that is the, uh, the driving 80s soundtrack part of this album that I like. I mean, that, that is either in, a, uh, in an Ed Credits or an action scene or whatnot. And there's a lot of work on this album that is that you mm-hmm. know if, if you uh although Streets of Fire had a very unique soundtrack you could you
1: could plug this in dude I'm your nickname from now on is Blockbuster <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but it's 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 interesting because I um I love this band and I I mean if you listen to stuff there's songs on here like uh I am the earth which we're not going to have time to play um where uh Jana or Jana Hunter found her voice and when she opens it up it is gorgeous she it's powerful it is uh it brings out emotions she that, does have a great voice yeah you know? and <clears throat> this i don't know uh hopefully we're, we're trying to actually book them on the podcast mm-hmm. to I, I don't know what drove them to this point sonically which is almost a complete reversal of the last album mm-hmm. but uh it it just didn't it's not
1: like you said it's not serving them well you
0: can't latch
1: in mm-hmm. there wasn't anything for me to really hook onto to here i mean and you know it wasn 't it wasn 't bad I, I appreciate what they 're trying to do, and uh, well, no, I appreciate what they 're succeeding in doing mm-hmm. it 's just it 's just i 'm not getting anything uh, that I can really grab onto and you know i I just uh, an, an hour 's worth of acupuncture really focusing on this thing, yeah, and no distractions um after listening to it like eight times and you know there are little memorable bits, like the first track you played. That's that's a very memorable opening. Yeah, I love that song. Opening bit, um, but uh, nah, eh, just it wasn't hitting me. So where are you going to fall? On the- I'm I'm going to stream it again. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna you're not gonna I'm not gonna call anyone foolish for for getting this record. You know, absolutely not. Um, are they still in Baltimore or are they done yeah, like they obligatory are. Tr- the obligatory migration to Brooklyn? No, 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 no. there, they're very much uh, in Baltimore. No, good for them. Good for them ball
0: uh pass <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> while looking at your phone you're just like checked out that that harsh i don't it's like I, checking I, his fucking fantasy baseball team and he no, just got I, was, a checking, pass. I, I was checking i was checking score <laughs> for my real baseball
2: team thank you very yeah. much <laughs> no i i don't want it to sound that harsh i just don't have much more to explain right it. i just didn't like the album very much yeah all
0: right uh, i i'm also going to stream it I, I wish I could buy it. Uh, this band is... Uh, and they're going to be playing at the Rockman Hotel in June. Um, so they'll be playing the songs off this and uh, the last album and the first album, so... Uh, but, you know, sometimes the bands don't hit the mark. Which is, again, why the Poptimist thing ties into both bands we were talking about today. It's like, you know, this is a band that people are propping up. I mean, when you have a... You know, four thousand word interview with Jenna Hunter on NPR for your album that's high profile and you look at that and you're like no I, i'm not gonna like talk bad about that and we're not you know, but it is uh up uh, their finest hour.
1: That's about our podcast. The dog the dog has some opinions too. Oh, Cl- that's Clyde. Okay. Clyde.
0: We, we've had Gus on the podcast now, and we have Clyde. Right. Uh, that's about our podcast for the week. Usually we uh, play a song by a local artist or a small artist. Uh, had some stuff lined up. Couldn't quite get that lined up this week. Uh, so we're going to forego that. Uh, as usual, you can listen to us on iTunes, you can listen to us on Stitcher. You should rate us in iTunes. What you rate us is up to you. Uh, I will say in the next coming weeks, um, just confirmed, we're going to be talking to uh, Chad from Beauty Pill, which is going to be, uh, which, for reasons that shall be revealed uh, when that is out, uh, an intense conversation for, I, I think, both of us. Uh, but a good conversation. Um, also, coming up in the next few weeks... Uh, rising country star Robert Allen Wilson. Hell, hell yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking forward. Yeah. This, this album, like, <laughs> we've heard a little taste. I, I don't know. I liked his early work. Better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, look. It's always the early work. Right. But I so uh, got co opted by now. But I mean, if you're going to name your album Raw Deal, <laughs> like, can you really lose?
2: I don't know. After the EP Raw Dog, it seems a little repetitive. <laughs> wow. That was the hip hop crossover, right? Yeah. T Pain? I I don't know. He did one of the
1: tracks at least. Yeah. So uh, well, his first his first album was called Raw Moonshine. Yeah. And that was a good one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, that's coming up
0: <laughs> uh, in in the next few weeks. Uh, thank you guys so much, Chanel, You were on your first podcast, I think, of all time. Yes. So uh, that was good. Uh, so we will talk to you in seven short days. Uh, be good to yourself and be good to your people. See you later.
3: No <laughs>